right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline Only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. to have you in today because I've had nothing to do all day. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's super weird. I have had yeah. nothing to do all day. I've been popping nicotine pouches and drinking coffee all day and looking mm-hmm. at this kind of the timeline, the state of the news. The state of the news. And uh, we're back in the vortex. Have you noticed this? Uh, yeah. Yes. We have almost... We om- It's because... Now I'm not I don't like death. Right. And I don't like I don't like war. But the Hezbollah guy came out the other day and he was like we're not going to do this. We're not going in. And you know, the stock on our show fucking hit the rock bottom. Just fell out the floor fell out. It's a problem. It's become an issue. Now are you going to propose a solution to that or I've sent letters to Hamas. Okay. Okay. That's what I was. I've sent some letters like listen you shitbags. I got get a show to run here. I got a <laughs> show to run and you got a job to do. Get out of those tunnels. <laughs> get up to the Go surface. Do something. Yeah. You can't start something and then not finish it. Right. We're on day 30 of this. Where's the war? So what is going to happen? Casualties. This is what I've seen from my personal inside sources in the Israeli military. My Jews. I like to call them my Jews. (laughs) They're telling me everything is going according to plan. Everything is going right according to plan. All the Gazans are moving south. They're sweeping up North Gaza now. They're projecting that things will be over in about a month. Wow. That's a fucking disaster for us. Yeah, that is uh, stocks down. Stock is way down. We're in November. That gives us about a year until the election. And if we don't have a coverage story until the election starts kicking off, I'm going to say probably in about April or May, we have so we four got, or five months here that's yeah, just going to be bad. A fiscal quarter of, of doldrums, per, perhaps, we might be looking at. Going to be really, really tough. It's going to be really tough. So I was scrambling for news all day, zinned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm zinning. I'm, I'm zinning out. Okay. And this is just not going well. It's not going well. This is... The struggle of being a content creator in a time when things are going well is the hard times making weak men. It's, it's breaking the cycle. It's going badly. I, I've struggled. I was thinking, oh, you know what? This will be the week when Mr. Trump, our president, our will guy. be pulled in to jail. 
his two sons testified, there was nothing in there. Nothing. Oh. No jail, no spicy tidbits. No. It's all coming. The wagon is falling off the wheels. Okay. What? So uh, can I get a brief, like, what are we looking at here with, with Trump in jail? I mean, is that happening? Is that not happening? The problem is we don't know. Okay. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. We have uncertainty with regards to Q1 of 2024 and what the <laughs> hell we're going to be covering. Yeah. Totally unsure. Mm-hmm. Totally unsure. Mm. I'm not going to blow all the news right here in this conversation, but I've got some some topics of discussion for us. But I'm just pointing out things are looking if I'm an investor in this podcast and I'm looking at Q1, what I'm seeing is not good. Well, you know, sometimes things look a little bit bleak, but this could be our soft landing. This could be our soft landing recession. We could be just mirroring what, what's going on in the broader economy. Um, and maybe we call it our, our soft landing. And uh, and it's not an outright, you know, it's not an outright TLE depression. It's just uh, things you know, slow down for a while. Maybe we, we you know. There's a little bit pick, more pick up s- hobbies. Yeah, we pick up <laughs> some hobbies and we you know talk about them every now and then and, and we just don't have a whole lot of news to report on. <sighs> well, we can we can, know, we, can the, we can we we can storyboard it later. We can storyboard it later. I mean the, the important people thing count on this, dude. It, they do. They do. And we can we can we can work through that, I think. Uh we've d- we've done it before. Um you remember that year of nothing that Aaron predicted? That was the most year. I know. That's what I'm is saying. The problem. Perhaps, so do perhaps, we need to have perhaps, him go perhaps. and fucking declare another nothing? <laughs> I, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Well, he, he needs to declare that Q1 of 24 is going to be the quarter of nothing. Listeners will be happy to know that we've re-signed Aaron to another contract. Yes, listeners are happy. Other co-hosts are not as happy. So all is right in the world. It was a good, I would say it was a good and lucrative contract for us. Mm-hmm. So he'll be back. He'll be back soon, and he will be back for the Glueys when I will strongly encourage him to make such a prediction. But <laughs> until that time, we're really struggling for news here. I'll, I'll kick us off. I'll kick us off, and we're gonna we're gonna. Do you have any news? Do you oh, have I got any? News. You do. Yes. And for which segment? Ah, uh, whatever. Hello and welcome to TLE Nation, a news show which may not be on for much longer by the looks of Q1, but we're here right now and we're going to talk to you about various kinds of news. Car, I'm excited to hear the news that you have, and so I'm going to actually bring it to you first. What kind of news have you got for the people today? I have general news, I have political news, and I have Wilder West news. Um, I also have a very interesting migratory bird. Holy shit. Article. Okay. Um, well, take it away, but save, save your Wilder West news for last, and then I'll run the music on that. And then we do have 
both kings of the week. Yes, we do. Well, so I assume we do. Yeah, I do. I know. I, I've, I know. I've I know one for us both. Okay. Yes, you. You know, king of the week, but you may not know king of the week. Correct. So, yes. <laughs> but what's your general? News? Well, let, what do we me, got on the table? Let me let me kick it off first with this. I, I think we DM'd about it, but uh, that new fountain in Vienna. <laughs> what yeah, is we, that? I don't know. I don't. I gotta know. pull that back I, up. We have. Actually. I know. Yeah, we need to. I don't know what it yeah, is. I gotta or pull that back up. Whatever that it was, but it can't go untalked about because it is outrageous. Um, there it is. Jesus. Like who funded? Like what is this? A new anybody, fountain opened in Vienna. Do you know how much it cost? Yes, one point four eight million. <laughs> like whatever's euros, pounds, Ocean a lot of money. You're actually way off. It was 22 million euros. Oh my god! <laughs> that can't insane. be can't be real. It just oh. can't be real. Good grief! So the name of it is going to be a real struggle for me to get through here. Um, I'm going to try my best. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Ho- the Hawken mm-hmm. the Hawken something. Brunin? The Hawken Fountain. It's a fountain in Vienna. Um, that here's the thing: nobody is sure how much it really cost. Some are saying two million. Some are saying twenty-two million. The final design was meant to commemorate 150 years of the city's spring water supply. <laughs> now, now Vienna. A thousand years old, fifteen hundred years old, maybe. Yeah. So, and the center of European art for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I guess they got access to uh, spring water a hundred and fifty years ago. So that's great. And yeah, there was a big controversy about who was going to design it, and there was even petitions that were brought about to obstruct. The design, once it was discovered what was going on. So, the company that designed the fountain was called Wierwasser, which (laughs) in German translates to We Water. Uh, And the artist behind the piece is known only as Gelatin. Oh see, Car, you see these little stories, and you just need to read a couple of lines in, and they're always fucking bonkers. Gelatin yeah. designed the basin and sides of the fountain, and the idea was to create a fountain which calls to both the classical and the modern. I'm not seeing the classical here, yeah. but it, went, it, it meant to call to the long history that Vienna has with art. And the art schools in Vienna, as you know, were once world-renowned. They were once world-renowned. But the abomination that they placed before us today, which cost anywhere between 2 and $22 million, nobody really knows, is two tons. And it looks like it was created in, like, a mental institute for children. <laughs> the final design is a large fountain that features 33 to 35 different figures. Nobody's sure how many figures. And it's just weird. It is. Now, we occasionally we have to come to this conclusion on the show. Is this good or bad weird? 
I I have to say it's bad weird. I mean, it's funny, and so that does that does uh, you know check a box for me. But this is just, it's too much. It's way too much. It's not. It's too much, man. Um, you know, it was really funny. The same day that they announced this was the day that they released the video of the Robert E. Lee statue being melted and cool yeah. put down. So two different, <laughs> really like a full assault on yeah. statue sensibility mm-hmm. on the same day. Tell me wh- why don't so again? I actually I messaged my father about this and I showed this to him and he said ugly. That was all he mm-hmm. said. Yeah, I mean that's and it's I, it's an eyesore. But it's kind of funny though. But it is it is kind funny. Of funny. It is yeah, you're right. It is funny. It's it is it's so, funny. This is my thing. Be- now you remember the Martin Luther King statue where it's just a, a woman holding up a big black dick. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was like two years ago. So this or that? Is better. Which one? You have to have one of the two. God, they're both funny in their own way. They are both funny in their own way. I think the Martin Luther King dick was hilarious. Like, that (laughs) was was really funny. Fine, fair. Fine. This was the struggle that I had because when this kind of... Now, I, you know... Every statue profile picture Twitter account came out against this statue and was like, you know, death of Western culture, missing the mark, in, in my opinion, really like missing the mark, in my opinion. Uh, it looks like it was designed by children for an aquarium or something like that, and it ended up going into some other thing. But I kind of like it because, you know... It would be, here's my thought on it. It would be tiresome if it was like a statue of like all nor- like normal looking people and none of them w- looked German. That would be like, uh, whatever, fine. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But in, this statue is like there's people who are made out of spaghetti and Play-Doh. there's one guy who's spread eagle and he's got a, like a, like a horn for a mouth, a face. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. And there's one guy who's just a small, like a dwarf who's melting and there's just a hole where his face should be. And I think this is better. I think this is a better message than what modernism is usually trying to tell us. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> You're struggling. I get, listen, I'm sorry. I'm, uh... I think it's good. Okay. I, I think that it is. I think that it is a proper representation of where we're at. And in that way, perhaps mm-hmm. the accuracy of the zeitgeist that it inhabits is, is good. Um, for example, I am right. reading through this article and they're noting a couple of the comments that were coming through on, on Twitter. And I think that the comments are incredibly accurate. And so that is, I guess a good thing, like the, the self recognition of kind of where we're at in the broader scheme of things uh, by people, you know, by onlookers. Uh, well, the first one says always nice to see a new fountain, but perhaps not one that looks like it was made by five-year-olds. So we've kind of covered that, but here, here, this one is good. The abomination quote fountain unveiled in Vienna is a perfect representation of the West's current state, a tired society that has given up on life, beauty, and its future. (laughs) And that's, that's good. And do you feel that way about the West generally? Um, I, I, 
for the sake of argument, I'll occupy. Yeah, I mean, to 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 some degree, yeah. Now, I don't even disagree. Okay, but I'm going to put it to you this way. Yeah, they come to us. The Vienna Statue Society comes to us. This podcast and says, "We have an opportunity for you guys to design a statue that's going to commemorate 150 years of spring water supply in Vienna. It's going to go in Vienna Square." You can design it. Please submit a design for us. <laughs> we're going this way. <laughs> yeah, we, okay, mean, that's fair. That's, we're going that's fair. this route. Because <laughs> this, what you yeah. said was true. The comment was true. I believe the, the comment that you just read made a commentary about the tiredness mm-hmm. of the civilization. I The only thing I would like to switch up about the statement is let's change tiredness to delirium. Yeah. We've, Past tiredness yeah, in yeah, the West. Yeah. We are now on our ambient freak out in the West. Right. And this show has covered a number of it, has covered the ambient <laughs> freak out known as the late stage Western society for years now. And yes. this is going to go in the rogues gallery of things we've covered as a documentation of that for when the aliens translate English into their language and listen to this podcast, they'll be able to notate every beat and course that the collapse of Western civilization took. And this is going to be one of them. But I just want those aliens to know we're having a great time. We are having we're a great time. We're not lamenting this. We're, no, we're not Spanglerians. We're not, this is not the decline of the West. This is dancing in the ashes of a fallen civilization, as we've done on this show for years, for decades, probably, by the time they're listening. So... I appreciate that, but I'm going to bring the optimism in, and I'm going to say, not only good for the show, but as you highlighted, great for encapsulating where we're at. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah, if a- it was a serious statue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine if it was a brilliant statue of like Zeus and his finger is out and there's water pouring. It, it, we would be like boring, whatever. Yeah, and we would look like assholes. Like, We'd look like assholes, yeah. Yeah, and that would be the worst. That, that's the thing that obstructs where we're at more than anything else is these revivalists. Yeah. yeah. These people okay. who, who want to bring back what is dying. Not I, I I see what you're saying. I, I think that the proper... Yeah, so to, to expand on what where you're going with that, maybe it's clarifying my opinion on this a little bit more. I do believe that there is some role of art to express the uh, times that you're in. And as you said, if this was some glorious, intricate marble statue of Zeus, we would look like assholes because that's not the time we're in. Um, No. And it would be totally inauthentic. It would feel inauthentic. It would feel for an hour. Right. Right. And the, the, you know, uh, Play-Doh spaghetti people um, with water dripping over them is the proper representation of where we're at at this time. And so, therefore, maybe I'm back, I'm back on board with this. I think in my head, because I've been listening back, you know, I've been going back into MAGA Unit 111 mode, and I'm thinking about all the various people who've commented on this, and they all kind of come from the same perspective of, like, oh, this is bad... But it's a lampoon, but it don't let that distract us from the fact that, you know, our civilization really is collapsing and we need to do something about that. And that last that last phrase is the only part where I disagree. 
we don't have to do a thing about this. This is biblical. This is just happening. Mm. There's no, you, we don't, we're not going to save no. this. We talked about the international waters thing last time. The larger thing is happening everywhere in the world. There's fewer rules. There's fewer morals. There's fewer, uh, there's less love for beauty and art than ever before. And I just think we should be honest with ourselves and fall into that bit instead of doing this revivalist thing that's never going to happen, this impotent rage that the right seems to manifest every time something like this happens. And you see in the comments you go like, oh, this is like they're, one day people are going to regret this. No, they're not. They're going to no, trip on your yep. grave and fucking right. forget about you. Yep. So that's a good that's point. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Again, maybe, maybe this, you know, maybe this just comes back to Turbo America. It's like, just don't look down, man. Embrace it. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, if this is in Vienna, that means they're going turbo, and we can't oh, have two right. turbos. <laughs> yeah, we can't have two turbos. We, we can't cannot have, have turbo. two turbo. Now we didn't talk to Lee about what the consequences would be if another society decided to go turbo, mm. but it, we need to stop them if that's the case. <laughs> we cannot. We have to go turbo harder than them. Yeah. Well, I agree. <clears throat> Overall, good encapsulation of where we're at, I think. Perhaps I've got an, uh, an article that will uh, lift your spirits, buoy your spirits a bit okay. about us uh, hitting turbo here, and I'm going to get into my uh, migratory bird segment. Um, I was sent this article, uh, Dune, obviously, on my daily bird briefing. We salute um, you. Yes. Uh, keeping my inbox full of bird news, migratory bird news more specifically. Uh, this one comes to us from NPR. Uh, these American birds and dozens more will be renamed to remove oh, yes. human monikers. We've got a couple of pictures of birds. One looks like a some kind of warbler, perhaps uh, maybe a hawk of some kind. And a, I don't know, it looks like a weird blue jay type bird. Uh, so you can't say- call them now. You can't call them what they are anymore because uh, they got rid of them. So now you have to call them fucking. That's a it's a blue bird. It looks something bird like a bird. Some kind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me get into this article because this guy, this article's got some great stuff, especially if you're looking to mm-hmm. embrace the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, get ready to say goodbye to a lot of familiar bird names like Anna's hummingbird, Gamble's quail, Lewis's woodpecker. Buick's Wren, Bullock's Oriole, and more. That's because the American Ornithological Society has vowed to change the English names of all bird species currently named after people, along with any bird names deemed offensive or exclusionary. Names have power, and power can be good used for good or it can be used for bad, says Colleen Handel, the society's president and a research wildlife biologist with the U.S. Geological Survey in Alaska. We want these names to be powerful in a really good way. So they want to uh, create more powerful bird names, which I support. I assume you support as well. Of course. Uh, bird, but they are going to focus initially on 70 to 80 bird species that occur primarily in the U S and Canada. So, uh, six to 7% of the total species in the geographic region are up on the chopping block up for a facelift. Jesus, that's a lot. Really? It's quite a that's few a birds. Lot. Man. It's a lot of birds. Oh, I thought this was like a, like, like eight birds total. I didn't no. realize it was that much. No, man, they're really getting in there. So, um, wow, that was the first that I had ever really recognized or heard of a name that was. So offensive. we're not going to so, have the bird anymore. <laughs> no, that's they're renaming not. that. Well, let me oh. let me get into what they're. Uh, what uh, am I going to so, do? So uh, one notable exception came in 2000. However, when the society renamed a bird that's now called the long-tailed duck because of concerns that its previous name was derogatory to Native Americans. Now, the, <laughs> it used the to be called the. 
duck. <laughs> yeah, but, well, the, the funny thing is the uh, uh, they, they didn't they didn't even include what the old name was, so the, it's <laughs> it must have been not, that yeah. offensive. You know, it must have been that offensive. <laughs> Well, this is the, the Native Americans, not. Oh, OK. Uh, you could probably look up what the long tailed duck used to be named uh, while I'm reading this article. If you're if you're if you're curious, Let's about look it. It up. that was the that up. was the first time that I'd ever really recognized an, or heard of a name that was offensive, says Handel, who says at that point in time, concerns about injustice wasn't a traditionally accepted reason for changing bird names. Oh, the old squaw, but, the old squaws, what it used the to old be squaw, called, the old okay, squaw, yeah, very offensive. Yeah. That really started to change in 2020 when police officers killed George Floyd in Minneapolis. That's a sentence in this. Let me run that back real quick. This is a sentence in a in a in a in a in a NPR article about birds. <laughs> that really started to change in 2020 when police officers killed George Floyd in Minneapolis. The, the, there was an ornithologist watching it and going, "We got to really change the name of the head crushing knee duck." <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Well, <laughs> that joke aside, let me follow. Let me we follow gotta it up. Really with this. change the name of the lynch-headed <laughs> grosbeak. <laughs> let me let me let me tell you what the follow-up sentence is because it almost gets more insane. So this is <laughs> these this these is, bird names are racist. You're telling me this for the first time. <laughs> you're telling me this for the first time. <laughs> These are the two sentences. I'm going to run back the first sentence. These are two sentences. These two sentences comprise one full paragraph that is jammed in the middle of this article. That really started to change in 2020 when police officers killed George Floyd in Minneapolis, period. That's Mm -hmm. one sentence. Next sentence. On that same day, a white woman in Central Park called the police on black birder Christian Cooper claiming he was threatening her. That was the same day. Wow. Dark day in our history. I remember that. Vividly, yep. me too. I remember that event vividly. It was more upsetting than George Floyd <laughs> to me. The Floyd, the Floyd story. <laughs> the, 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 the if you are president. one of the, I have to say, and you're a Southern man yourself, so I don't know. You know, I don't know your attachment to the cultural memories of the Confederacy. I, I, there's a number of people who I know personally from the South, long time. Southerners, like deep roots in the South, who are like, they, I'm sorry to those of you because they are on full attack. They, mm. the past two or three months, they are on full attack mode against, because, you know, a lot of the birds are originally had names of Confederate generals uh, or just like long timey Southern traditions that you can't express anymore. So it's really interesting. I, now, uh, the the other thing that I think about this is, what are the stakes here? Does this matter at all? And I really don't think it does. But a number um, of people feel very attacked about this. The the birds or the or the more general broad sweeping like historical erasure by going after like birds Confederate specifically. Stats. The general erasure, I can understand. But the birds specifically, is this is this this is part of the long march, I guess. Right. This has I to suppose. be done. I guess I, I, I can't imagine what the the discussions are like in the bird watching community, because I can't imagine that I, I imagine. I don't know, but I would imagine that the yeah. birding community stretches from. Kind of tame 
center left to yeah. may, maybe slightly right, but probably yes. mostly people don't care all that much about politics in the birding community. Mm-hmm. I, that would be my mm-hmm. guess. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine that these guys are just punching balloons. Like I mean, or you know, they, there's probably very little angry resistance. There's probably just resistance of being like, what are what? Like, what, what do you guys do? You know, yeah. In fact, it makes me wonder why this was even on the news. How many times have other animals' names been changed? We can't call it the Jewfish anymore. At some point, the fish version of this ornithological society changed the names of a bunch of fish, and none of us knew, and none of us yeah. cared. Right. Why was this a subject of news? And I really do think it's because the people putting this news out are not doing it to inform they're doing it to to kind of grind the heel, if you yeah, will. Right. In the same way the Robert E. Lee statue was taken down, uh, melted down, and there was very intricate, like almost ISIS-level quality videos of this being destroyed. <laughs> yeah. It was carefully released at a time when it would blow up. All the images were really like t- t- very targeted. You know, the head was put there and slowly melted away. It's all to grind the heel. Um, against the group that they perceive to have lost. And it's just a really a weird battle that has be- been being fought for 30 or 40 years. Uh-huh. And kind of with all this Israel stuff, we f- I forgot it was a battle being fought, frankly. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, a lot of times I'll tune into NPR, actually, just like when I'm driving around, just because it's... God bless. Kind of- yeah, I know. It's just funny. Like, it's funny. It's to really hear. odd. Yeah, it is. It's very odd. It's like... um. It's very, it's like, uh, it would be like going to a middle school and sitting down with a bunch of middle schoolers at lunch and just hearing what their, their like the, the, the big items of the day are. It's like, yeah. it's, you just have to put yourself in a completely different mind state to like figure yeah. out what the hell they're prattling on about. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they've, you know, they've been going, they've been, they've been beating the drum about the, uh, you know, the statues and erasing all this, uh, yeah, whatever hate and, and stuff like that for quite some time. I mean, I mean, decades, obviously, but it seems like it's picked up recently. It comes in waves. The war, war on many fronts. Yeah, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. But yeah, the Israel thing too. That that's certainly been. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were DMing about it. It's kind of funny how uh, the entire world is kind of turning on <laughs> Israel. <laughs> I don't know if I said like, this on the last show or if I said this to my dad, but it's really, it's just really funny that the. I'm going to say the left, but I mean something more targeted than that when I say it, has been training college kids on a very specific line for a long time, and the one thing they couldn't get right was loving Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every other thing that they've managed to train college students to jump when they say jump and bark when they b- say bark, except for this one issue. And this why, one why issue... Why is that? Why, is it because black and the, brown comes first? If I'm yeah. being totally honest, that's right. why. And 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 the the being no on the amount other end of, of you know indoctrination. I was going to say Jew indoctrination. No Jew. amount of <laughs> no amount of indoctrination can supersede color. It yeah, basically. you're right, and that that is interesting because I do remember I do when when you're talking about like the I guess intersectionality of you know. That's what it politics. is. Yep. Yeah, that's what it but is. That it must be that it must be that color comes first because you know I remember a lot of the stuff from the Ukraine war that some of the more psychotic takes I saw from from kind of bottom left was was you know that 
the, the, uh, Ukraine had better LGBTQ laws and that justified, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's totally unhinged. You had a couple legendary, also, a series of legendary tweets about this. <laughs> yeah, I, oh yeah, about Israel. Well, yeah, I mean, that. but that's the interesting thing is that like, of course, Palestine has absolutely d- draconian laws against most yeah. of that social, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stuff. And, and Israel doesn't, you know, and so I guess Tel Aviv is, is the gayest city in the world. Is that right? It's the gayest city in the world. It's the number one gay city. If you wow. go by numbers of residents who are gay, if you go by number of Jews, number, <laughs> <laughs> but they, it, it's yeah. Intersection is exact. I totally forgot that word. Cause I haven't heard it in three or four years. And yeah, it's almost no, like it's they kind of, they made it go invisible, but and it's not like the ideology changed, but, um, the oppression Olympics. Do you remember that phrase? Mm-hmm. And the sure. the the um maybe I don't remember what it was called, but the hierarchy, mm-hmm. the hierarchy right. is still very much color first. Yeah, yeah. It's color first, and then it's uh, non-conforming sexuality. What what One and what's two. been what's been interesting to me is that it's color. It seems to be color first. And, you know, the black, I'll call it the black lobby, however you want to interpret that is still so powerless that here we are. Yeah. And it's like, pow- like, it's like, are Muslims at the top or like are brown Muslims at the top? When it's whites oppressing them. Yes. Okay. You got to The way that the matrix works is not a matter of who versus who. It's a comparative is it mm. this group over it's this not, group? Right. It's not absolutely. It's not right. a, a total. Yeah, it's not a total. Because if it was, it, it, again, it's race first, sexuality second. So if it's a matter of race versus sexuality, the race wins. If it's yep. inter-race, if it's two races, then you go, which one is more oppressed? You don't go, well, I get that uh, Palestinians are browner than Israelis, but Israelis are gayer. So doesn't that count for something? No. It's it's an it's a zero sum game. Are they browner? Doesn't matter what the second uh tier is, how well they treat gays. It's only it's a pa- it's just the first thing. Whichever one of those two is superior there it does there's not, it's not an addition. You know, it's yeah. not like well the yeah. Israelis are gayer and they're better for LGBTQ rights. It doesn't matter. This is this is getting very right wing. But anyway, that- <laughs> The math is all there. I'm just saying the math is all there, but it is really interesting. I don't know how that came out of bird news. So let's let's, let's get just, out of bird news. Let's just get out of bird news and let's back uh, we'll, out down. Let me tell you about the internet. Phew. Oh, glad we're out of yeah. that. Yep. Yep. And I'm glad we're into Wilder West. I'm going to do a kind of a soft landing of my own here uh, and talk about Israel Gaza just a moment to set up the broader point I'm making. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that there has been an absolute, it feels like the Ukraine thing on steroids 
on Twitter right now with mm. with regards to Israel Gaza information misinformation and just you know videos and pictures. In fact, I've been unfollowing people because I just I get stuff retweeted on my timeline. You're going back into Ukraine. You're seeing a lot of this. No, I'm not going back into Ukraine. I'm comparing okay. the Israel Gaza thing and saying it's like Ukraine on steroids. Uh, like yeah. it's like even yes, it even is more insane. And, yes, and, and now <clears throat> to get further into it and where the Wilder West comes in is that. Uh, Elon Musk came out and said that he is going to implement a policy and it may be already in effect. I'm not sure that um, he is no longer going to pay creators for tweets that get fact checked through the community notes program, Um, which is, I think, kind of, if if not just interesting, maybe good, actually. I'm not sure. Um, You know, community notes, uh, rules and algorithms are open source. They're on GitHub. That doesn't ensure that, you know, it's all going to go the right way, I suppose. But, um, you know, by and large, it, that does seem like a implementation and political affiliations aside, the game theory aspect of like, you don't get to get promoted on this platform or paid from this platform if you're just out there uh, retweeting uh, dying kits, you know, uh, for, for the sensationalist aspect of it. Um, seems uh, like I'm sorry, I have to step. stop you. You're saying it was because I heard about the community notes part, but you're saying mm-hmm. it was also violence. No, no, I'm not saying that it's also violence. I'm saying that oh, okay. it's that 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 um, there are certainly a lot of people that are using violent videos along with other misinformation and stuff like that to and getting caught up in the sensationalism of the entire thing in order yeah. to get views and stuff like that. And if they get community notes out of it um then you know if it all goes according to plan which i have no idea if it will but you know the idea of disincentivizing that is probably good Um, yeah he he's he's got a weird i like the idea i will say i like the idea but i i need to know more a couple questions that i have is who's the oversight committee for the demonetization part is it flat? Every single every single community note get, equals demonetization. If so, that's awesome. If not, I want to know who the committee is that ultimately decides. Because then I like it because it's a tool. Then you can mm-hmm. then an, someone with a sufficient base can just go, "Hey, demonetize this tweet for me, please." And they they can manufacture a community note in order to do that. The community note, as you know, can be contextual. It does not need to be corrective. Mm-hmm. So. If it's contextual and I have 40,000 people who will do my bidding, somebody tweets something that I don't want them to get paid for, can I, I can just go, hey, uh, can you community note this uh, with the word demonetize? And if that works and if that's sufficient, I like it. But if it's not, if it's not going to work that way and there's going to be an oversight committee that decides whether or not the community note is valid, then I don't like it anymore. Do we yeah. know anything more on that? Um, you know, the, the, I, I, my understanding is that the community notes in, um, like rules and algorithms are open source. I went to their GitHub page. Um, so I guess as to how they come to conclusions of what community notes to apply the monetization to, no, I have no idea. I, I doubt they would ever would like to know. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I, I because doubt there have been, that. it's community notes get removed. Which I yes. don't like at all. I don't see why there should be any power to remove any community notes. They should go into a billboard under each tweet. If there's multiple, there should just be a billboard under each tweet 
that shows every one of them. You can click on it. If there's multiple, click on it, whatever. Um, so it, it's a kind of a iffy one for me. I, I don't know. But I like the general idea. I think Elon's got really weird priorities for this website because it to me, flat out, if it's violence, if it's pornographic, if it's a lie, uh, sh- people shouldn't be paid for it. So whatever system we need to do that could be really easily implemented. And it seems almost like this community notes thing is, is just for blue checks who lie. And I really don't think, I think that's like a quarter of Twitter's problem. There's like a, there's way bigger issues on Twitter than just sensationalist um, puts this out. Here's the problem. Like I, we did talk on a previous episode about, how sensationalism is getting people paid, but there's plenty of other things that are like really threatening to just ruin the quality of the website that don't ever get touched by community notes. So good step forward, I guess, but my, my guess and where I was going to go with this is that there is big money. So step away from the exact implementation of community notes uh, on, on the website, but there is big money and there is a I think a very big latent demand for, you know, good information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this may be Musk testing the waters for, hey, how can I be an informa- information source that's trusted or that mm-hmm. has an element that can be trusted? So, for example, I you know, whether it, it becomes like very, very popular tweets, get a go- like get a like a. a, a a passing check, you know, mm-hmm. if they've been properly reviewed by the community note squad and like yada, yada, yada. And this is real, you know, X or Y. I, I, I think that that may be where Musk is trying to go with this is what differentiates. I, so if I'm Musk, I have this source of information or this, you know, for my users, it's a source of information. So does Fox news. So does CNN, their parent company, um, so does Facebook, so does all, but what differentiates me? Well, what differentiates me is that we have an open source, uh, crack team of autistic people that are fact checking everything. And while there are lies on the website, the stuff that has been insured and fact checked, that stuff can be trusted. And I think yeah. that that's probably where he's going to try to go with this is that, Hey, this is what uh, yeah. separates this from everybody else. Everybody else has an agenda. Everybody else has the, this and that. And of course he does too, but what he's going to present to the public is <clears throat> here. You have fact checked, real information, not political garbage. You know, what's interesting. I just remembered. So I don't know what his motivators are for doing that. That's certainly what's going to end up happening with this. But I'm just recalling not long ago. Do you remember the EU had like a sit down with him and and was like, we're going to ban this platform if you don't put like regulations into place on what's Mm -hmm. being posted. And I I do wonder if this is his uh, response to that. The regulatory framework um, is this is for what I'm saying is I actually think Musk would prefer a completely unregulated Twitter if he could, but he can't. So mm. the next best thing would be sprinkling out the ability to regulate the platform to the users. And there's some regulation mechanism, at least. I wonder yeah. if that's one of his it's motivators perhaps. for doing it. And yep. honestly, for a website like, uh, yeah, I would prefer zero regulation. I, you know, I actually I would prefer simply would prefer more tools, uh, maybe yep boosted by AI 
to allow me to regulate what I want to see. Right, but, exactly. That's you know because how hard is it for an AI to detect um, I don't know nudity or subject matter that I don't want to see or there's just things I don't want to see on the platform. When we get those tools, I still think that would satisfy the regulatory thing. But I think Musk has the wrong idea about Twitter, and I don't know how you and I use Twitter very similarly. I just wish there were some tools that I could personally use to ban anything I don't want to see. I, I don't really care about his, you know, make the world uh, uh, smarter or freer agenda. Don't care really at all. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I didn't think about it from that perspective that this may be his, this may be his uh, way of satisfying the demand there for, for fact-checked information. Mm -hmm. outside of the way it's been done in the past so overall good i would say overall it's a good thing it's it's a, it's at least it's it's trying something uh so yeah. we'll see, we'll see how it goes i mean it doesn't look like it's going to affect my experience at all so I'm, how do you feel about grok what? <clears throat> what yeah what is that again is so, that his like um, ai i think so man I, I this is very intriguing to me because they're rolling it out soon so i don't know what the basis of the platform was but they're rolling it out to premium plus users soon premium plus is about 160 bucks a year um which is fairly competitive now this was my thing is what they were charging for twitter 99 dollars a year beforehand is fucking awful like it's a terrible deal terrible it's a I would terrible never pay that. deal but if you tell me 160 bucks a year for all of the premium features plus uh an ai large language model competitive with chat gpt i might jump I may just yeah. take the jump because yeah. ChatGPT has been and ChatGPT just put out some features that are going to look pretty interesting. So this is where I'm interested is we talked about this a while ago, but like Twitter is by far, if you look at my screen time, the number one thing I do on my phone is Twitter. And it's not yeah. just because I'm staring at the phone dead faced. I use it for the podcast. I use it to collect news. So if if there's a grok that I can put together for the show because I do 100% of my news sourcing from this website. 100%. Now I, you know, I'll end up going to the New York Post page or whatever, the various pages on there, but it's 100%. <laughs> That's it. End of list. Yeah. <laughs> End of list. It's either so funny that so funny that have, you just I said might have that to go to the New York Post. As I'm literally as I'm talking I'm going, you really don't look for news on any other source, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It's the perfect it's the perfect website for the kind it of really news. Is. You could really say that uh, this that this podcast is a glove wrapped around the neck of the New York Post. It's <laughs> specifically that site. It's going to yeah. be interesting, man. Grok is where I'm at with it. I, I, you know, his the regulation aside, if you're telling me there's a large language model coming from this platform, it's going to be it's might outcompete from the get go. Um, OpenAI. It might outcompete it from the get go because of the reserve of information. That it has available. I'm gonna grook. I'm gonna grook. Ah, I'm yeah, it's very. It's this is the future looks bright for me. <clears throat> That's good news. I've got <clears throat> one more piece of news uh, before we close out Wilder West. One little thing to keep an eye on. Um, I recently saw that uh, Hong Kong has been toying around with the idea of implementing a spot ETF, a Bitcoin ETF. Um, possibly in direct counterpoise to the uh, BlackRock and others USA Bitcoin ETF. Um, just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the 
nation state arms race to collect bitcoins into a custodial uh you know functionary within their legal jurisdiction keep an eye on it i think it's going to be an interesting experiment what is china saying about this if anything um I don't know. This was breaking as of like yesterday or that's when I saw it. So I don't know if there's been a whole lot of, you know, milling it about uh, yet. I don't know. This could be very interesting. Let's keep our it, eye on it. I agree. It's an interesting, it's interesting on a couple fronts and not only is Hong Kong a, kind of a U.S. asset, but it's also kind of a Chinese business yes. asset. I mean, right. that's where, put it that's in, where I capital get the words flows. Out. Yep. Yeah. That's where capital flows in times of, of panic uh, a lot of the time. And, uh, and um, so the you know, <clears throat> Roland and I were talking about this years ago. Uh, but the but watch for the nation state arms race with this stuff, and it may well be getting a you know going into a slow simmer here, uh, broadly speaking between East and West, but maybe more specifically between uh, the U.S. government and the Chinese government. So uh, that's 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 what I got there. I'm going to keep an eye on it myself, and maybe I'll have something to report back. But uh, as far as this segment is concerned, that's all I've got for this week. Adios, gay lords. <laughs> we got. We have uh, Vladimir Zelensky on the phone. He's on the phone, Car. He's got. He's on the phone with us. us. Yeah, he's got something to say to us. Let's see what he has to say. If you can't give us, can't give us some financial support. Okay, okay, please give us a credit, and we will give you back money. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> so where? <laughs> From where? Where uh, are you getting the money from, Vlad? Where's the money yeah. coming from? Yeah. So I just wanted to. You you started talking about Ukraine before, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be able to pull the clip. I had to yep. pull the clip now. I had to pull the clip now. But let's let's get into another topic. Let's let's do some King of the Week stuff. Let's do some King let's of the Week. Let's do it. Well, let's do some. I'll do King of the Week first. She's why all of you are here. But moments later, he's interrupted by a protester. 4,000 plus dead children in Palestine, 9,000 plus dead civilians. Get off the stage! Get off the stage! I don't care! Then, Fetterman says this. The joke, the joke is on you! I had a stroke, I can't fully understand what you're saying. <laughs> the man is a <laughs> Yeah. What is that? Now that That's, is, uh, I don't know if you sent this to me or if I sent this to you, but this is the king of the week it for is. sure. It, it is. It's it's remarkable. It's um, the uh, the I'm mentally incapable defense. I I can't. That's incredible. Now now, <laughs> if you go, jokes on you. I'm retarded. Can he be taken out of office? Yeah, because right. there's there's rules about mental incapacity, right? And and but the thing is, it's not like you know me saying that he is mentally retarded, right? He actually has a, an issue mm -hmm. to this day. King of the week, king of the week, man, king of king the, the weak, -E king of the weak. Now let's get to the double E segment. Um, 
This was very interesting. Um, we dropped this guy last week, if you'll recall, but he said some pretty interesting things. Vivek, what do you have to say for us? I would love nothing more than for the IDF to put the heads of the top 100 Hamas leaders on stakes and line them up on the Israel-Gaza border as a sign that October 7, 2023 will never happen again. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. He should have said that in Hebrew. He should have just gone full out, right? <laughs> I, now, okay, this is where I wanted to get to you with this. How do we feel about that idea? Or do we like the idea of your enemies' heads being on stakes? I do. Yeah. Aesthetically, I you think. Do? I, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, return. I do too. Et cetera. Return. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be able to put Fetterman's head on one stake. You'd no, need a you few. would need many stakes. Many stakes. <laughs> many stakes. You'd need a tripod to hold yeah, it. Yeah, with like tr- trussing <laughs> it's, around it. It's got to weigh a couple hundred pounds, his it's head. It's very heavy. It would require. <laughs> really, it has to, dude. It has to. Uh, we'll take it out with this. There's actually, you know what's crazy is I went into this saying there wasn't any news. There, I have four or five different news stories, including a, a special segment that I would like to do with you if we could possibly record again soon. It's, it's entirely based around your other segment on this show. I'll give you the preview. We have a whole segment around, well, let's just say... Women, a woman, mm-hmm. if you will, a woman, mm-hmm. a yep. single woman. We'll take that to the over the line. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tease that for an over the line. And the final thing that I'd like to say, Ron DeSantis really struggling. Let's take a look at those um, numbers. If we can, yeah, I got Let's up. take a look at some betting odds, because Ron DeSantis is 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 on thin ice here because I don't know if you saw this, but Donald Trump is privy to the the weird thing going on with the DeSantis shoes. Oh, really? Um, no, I didn't. Oh, see yeah. That. That's what funny. was interesting was was in a speech. I couldn't find the clip of the speech, but in a speech, he was basically he was like, and what is this with Ron DeSantis and his high heels? That is the kiss of death for his campaign. He proclaimed <laughs> the heels were the kiss of death for the Ron DeSantis <laughs> campaign. So he's on. He knows president is fucking back, super back. I, it's uh, good news. I figured something must have happened because I actually heard about I heard NPR talking about Ron DeSantis's uh, feet situation, and and I was like, there is no way unless this has broken out of it out of contain from schizo right wing Twitter. I, I right. there's no way that this is on NPR. So I I didn't I didn't put two and two together, but that does make sense that Trump uh, took a look at it as far as. Betting odds, I got Trump minus 175 on the GOP primary side, uh, Ron DeSantis plus 1,100. So I don't know if the spread, that seems like, I mean, the spread's so big that if it fluctuates Huge. somewhat, it's, I mean, it, you know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Huge spread. Um, Joe Biden is is a damn near lock for, for the Democratic side. Are they doing Is like, uh, Michelle still number two? Actually, Gavin Newsom is. Uh, okay. They're 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 pretty close. Um, Gavin Newsom's plus eighteen hundred. Michelle Obama's plus two thousand. Kamala's twenty one hundred, and then it drops off severely after that. So I would say that's the cluster right there. But Joe Biden's at minus two twenty seven. So I mean, it's huge spread. I mean, there that's yeah, it's massive. Uh, as far as yeah. So and then um, Trump is still is uh, in the overall Trump plus one eighty two. Biden plus two twenty five. So Trump is actually probably becoming more of a lock there. So. 
we got some interesting betting odds um, tracked on uh, Bet365. Uh, somebody put together a, a graphic of it, a full graphic of like the, the, the trend from 2022. Let me share this with you here in the chat, and then I will put it in the footnotes to put it into our description for the episode. You can go check out the link in the description here. Somebody put together from April 2022, I believe, uh, January of 2022, all the way till October of 2023, tracking the the Bet365 odds. It's interesting what happens over time. We skip all the way. We go to 2023. Biden is in the, the massive lead. In fact, Joe Biden peaks in May of 2023 with almost a 40% chance of being reelected. And, wow. and from May of 2023 to October here, Trump slowly climbs up to where Trump is at 35%. Joe Biden's at 30 with the remainder of the odds split between Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, and Ron DeSantis. So things are, if we're looking at this from the perspective of, uh, do we think, are we in a bull market? All of the indicators are that we are in a Trump bull market. Mm-hmm. All of the indicators I'm really interested to see what happens in a couple of months, man. I, I think after we get through the doldrum of Q1, Q2 is going to get hot and heavy, I think. This is where things are going to start to pick up. So It will, because when does the GOP, uh, when, when is their final, deci- when do they make a decision? The primary, G- you mean? Well, I mean, because the primaries are spread out over the course of a few months, right? Uh, they are spread out in the various states between January and June of 2024. Okay, so we'll so. know by June. Well, we'll know by we'll probably know by like February. April. Yeah, really. February. Yeah, I mean we'll oh, know yeah, pretty isn't early there like, because was that Super Tuesday? Is that something that I happens? mean? Listen, if you're asking me, we know right now. Yeah, it's gonna be Donald Trump. Yeah, it's just we know we've known for years. Yeah, the only guy who could have competed was DeSantis, and he is like man, he flopped, dude. He flopped. Wow, did he flop? I mean. No charisma, nothing. V- very, very gnomish. Um, yeah. it, what's and, weird and strange. is strange. Maybe he just didn't have the exposure when he was Florida governor that he that that he does now. But it, how did we not know that when he was Florida governor? Did we know that? I didn't know. That. I didn't know that he would be this because well, I don't and, think it's true. Because I don't think it's true. Because because the guy that we followed for years when he was in a state of power, in a place of confidence. Nothing has changed about that guy, you have to assume, unless they found a very close body double. This mm. guy, Ron DeSantis, is nervous, first of all. You can tell mm. he's nervous. And unlike anything I've ever seen, the priority shift um, yeah. between his governorship and his presidency, you would think... We talked about this far too much on the episode, but... His stances on Israel, we'll say, have dramatically um, exaggerated. Dramatically. Yeah. And the, the combination of the, the sudden uh, disappearance of charisma, and it's a disappearance of charisma because it's not, it is not true that we didn't get the exposure. You remember the COVID era? This guy oh, was one of the two guys. Bing, bang, boom, bing, bang. Just doing right everything and making speeches. And we saw the yep. speeches and there was nothing amiss there. He was in a place of confidence. Something happened 
to Ron DeSantis. And I don't know if it was some sort of blackmailing or some sort of change of heart, but he is now in a place of no confidence. He has no confidence. He doesn't, he can't change policy. So he doesn't have anything to talk about. And he's just in, in donor dick sucking mode. That's mm-hmm. it. Donor yeah. dick sucking mode. And it's all one kind of donor. So it makes me think there's more than just that going on. But he went to Israel and he came back and I don't know who it was, but he got us talking to, I think, or something like, you know, we can't trust Trump on this because he's turned on Netanyahu after Netanyahu turned on him because of the Biden stuff. So you're going to be our guy. And that's just how it's going to be, because, you know, um, Trump basically turned on Netanyahu because Netanyahu decided to make nice with uh, Biden. And uh, so they know that he's now a wild card in in that respect. And uh, it really does seem like they've put all their money on DeSantis for oh, yeah. being the, well, the hopeful backup to, to support that, but, Israel. And that's a microcosm of the macrocosm that we talked about at the beginning of the yes. show, which is that the entire world seems to be kind of shifting their views on Israel. And yeah. the more that people come out about it, the more everybody else see, feel, feels as if it's okay to come out about what they've always kind of thought. Yes. And man, it, if there's any other little little look into what's really going on on the broader stage that that the the trump DeSantis thing is actually kind of a window into that because mm-hmm. um yeah they the the trump is being framed as the anti-israel guy and DeSantis is being framed as the israel guy and DeSantis's campaign is floundering and trump's is as strong as it's ever been very strange yeah very strange yeah, times very especially strange. on the right uh, crazy totally so we'll take it out yeah. there we'll go to an over the line yeah, let's do an overline this week and get it up there. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. So until next week, two hands on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs>